This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, and as always, I am joined by my friend and fellow co-expert, Kevin Henry, out in Colorado. Kevin, how are you? No, I am doing well. Uh, coming off uh, not so great a homestand for those Rockies, to be honest with you. No. No. Getting swept in a four-game series is, I believe, what you would call suboptimal and ill-advised. I believe those are two excellent words to describe it. And, the, you know, there was a lot of excitement around the City Connect jerseys, a lot of excitement around, you know, let's be perfectly frank, the Braves coming into town, their only appearance here in Denver uh, lots of Braves fans there, uh, you know, so definitely a lot of people around and, and a lot of good energy in downtown, but the Rockies either couldn't hit or couldn't pitch. And that's kind of been the story of the season so far. And Kevin, I know I told you this over the weekend. What is that a sign of? Sign that you have a mediocre team. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it is hit at 20th and Blake, that this is not a team that, you know, let's be perfectly honest. It's not a team that's going to compete for a postseason spot this year unless they catch fire and their defense shores up, which I know we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but there's there's way too many holes in the dam like we talked about even before the season started. Uh, so I, I think that realization is starting to really set in. And I we were both fairly optimistic on what we thought the team would do. Yeah. But we thought things, uh, we didn't think that one of, uh, we didn't think that all 30 things would go together, but we thought 25 of them might. Right. And at this point, it's not even half. <laughs> and yeah. I will say it right now, recording it this, this here on June 6th, the Rockies are done. Yeah. So, uh, sayonara. Adios. <laughs> Whatever word you want, they're done. I think that's really fair, you know, and and I think that it's it even with the expanded postseason, even with all the things that we talked about, they cannot overcome Herman not pitching the way he does, the rotation not living up to being the strength of the team. Um, you know, it, there's just way too many things that, and we've talked about them. It feels like ad nauseum, but there's way too many things that this team can't correct with the way it's set up right now. And as we've discussed, there's not a lot of help waiting in the minors, at least at the higher level to come in right now and make a difference. I mean, even just looking at the schedule in the last two weeks. Okay. Uh, you lost two of three to the Mets. And one of those losses was very easily could have been one because they lost two to nothing. Yep. You lost two of three to Pittsburgh, which is inexcusable. You lost three of four to Washington, which is inexcusable. Yep. You, okay. You won two of three against the Marlins, but you still got absolutely shellacked in game two, 14 to one. Yep. And then you got swept by the Braves at home. Inexcusable. It's, I mean, and now you've got, and we talked, we've talked about this before too. Giants, Padres, guardians, I almost said Indians, guardians, um, Padres, Marlins again, Twins, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Padres. And then you got the Pirates and you're up to the All-Star break. So, I mean, 
you got the Pirates again, and you got the Marlins again, and every other team going up to the All Star break is yeah. a better team than the Rockies are. That's it, simple. It, that. Well, and and the teams that you know, as you just mentioned, as you run down there, the teams that aren't as good as the Rockies, and yes, I think there are teams out there who aren't as good as the Rockies, but the Rockies have not played like the better team against them, and yeah, yeah. and the opportunities that they had to stay near 500 or tread water until the harder part of the schedule came. They, they drowned during that time instead of treading water. Yep. So simple as that. If you, if you can't play, if you can't take two of three against the pirates, how are you going to take four of six against the Dodgers at Dodger stadium? Yeah. Yeah, and, and By the way, the Pirates beat the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium, and they swept them. Swept them. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> if I remember right, they are one in five this year. Uh, the Dodgers are against the Pirates, so yeah, yeah, and the and the Dodgers. Let's remember this: as of right now, they're one and two against the Rockies as well. So yeah. you're two and seven against the Pirates and the Dodge and the Rockies if you're the Dodgers. And then look at their record outside of that, and you just go, "Wow, <laughs> interesting." Yeah. So, but let's talk about, um, first of all, right before we started recording this, Brendan Rogers named NL player of the week. So big congratulations to B rod for that. Absolutely earned it. Absolutely showed that he, uh, has put that April behind him. Uh, he's got a lot of confidence at the plate. He looks like a completely different player than he did to start the season. That's been one of the real few highlights that there was during this, this homestand, was that Rogers showed that he can drive the ball, he can hit with power, and also, let's be honest, he played pretty good defense as well, which I know that's not something that's been a Rockies calling card this year, but overall during that homestand, Rogers did well. Yeah, and I mean, just think back to the end of April where it was in the early 20s of the month and they were in Detroit, and I, I happened to be there in Detroit, yeah. and there were on and off the record conversations of Rogers of, okay, what's wrong with them? Are you concerned and all that? And the, the general consensus was he's in a hole right now, but we aren't really concerned about him long-term. And sure enough, since May 1st, he's hitting 344 with a 380 on base and a 566 slugging. Six homers, 25 RBIs, which that's uh, that's a 162-game pace of 32 homers and 135 RBI. And if you had said to everybody before the season started, here's what Rodgers would be on pace at, people would have been happy with that for sure. But there yeah, was yeah. a lot, you know, and you mentioned in Detroit, I remember those early homestands, you know, even down in Texas, uh, you know, that first road trip of the year, uh, there was a lot of concern about, what can he do to pull out of this? And kudos to Rogers and kudos, you know, dare I say to Dave Magadan, uh, who's come under a lot of heat this year, but they've at least been able to figure out what's going on with Brandon Rogers and turn it around. And to turn on another point with him as well, um, defensively overall, he's been pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the, most of the stats say he's actually been slightly above league average. And anybody that's watched a Rockies game this year has known the team has not been above league average. 
by any stretch defensively. And they were top five last year. And this year they are bottom five. I mean, they're, they're not quite Phillies territory of just awful defense. And the Phillies also have had awful defenses for a decade now, but um, I mean, you just, you look, especially in the outfield and it's like, Holy crap. Every single one of them besides Hilliard is not doing well defensively. No. And Hilliard isn't hitting either. So (laughs) that's the thing. And that's, that's honestly been the biggest problem with the Rockies is the outfield. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because you and I were talking yesterday after the, the Braves finished off the sweep, you know, and, and there's, and you wrote an article for rocks file about, you know, the Joey Gallo rumors and what if the Rockies traded for him and, you know, and you and I have, have said off and on, that's where they've got the most players and really a log jam. If you look at it is in the outfield, but how many of those outfielders are actually pulling their weight right now? Now, granted, Charlie started to come around with the bat, which is, again, is another good sign for these Rockies if Blackman can actually start hitting again. But, you know, Gritchick has been spotty at best. Let's be honest here. Uh, you know, the big, the biggest thing that he did, I would say, during the homestand is he pitched an inning, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and, and you mentioned Hilliard. Uh, you know, Hampson is still trying to get back in the flow of things. Uh, you know, Daza has cooled off, uh, absolutely has. So, it's an interesting thing to look at. What can the Rockies do to improve this team and where could that be? And again, if you're not talking about bringing new, somebody new in to try to improve them, I don't know that there's really anybody, unless you're going to take a chance on a Wynton Bernard and, and Albuquerque, who's an outfielder, by the way, you know, or if you bring up Montero to really try to bring something on at the corner position, but dare I say, you're not going to sit crone right now. You're not going to put Montero at first. You're not going to bench Rymac, I don't think, to put him at third. No. And and you can't. Even with his defensive struggles, Ryan McMahon's been your second best defensive player. And and you're not going to say, well, we'll just flop uh, him to second. You can't do that either. I mean, to put Montero in there, I mean, conceivably, you could put Rymac at second, Brendan at shortstop, but then that's, that's also cutting off. Iglesias, who has actually been a great road hitter, and God knows they're going to need that in San Francisco and San Diego this week. And not to mention, I mean, just in general, Iglesias has been, what, their third, fourth best hitter? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, Montero's blocked right now, unless you say he's our full-time DH, which I don't think the Rockies would want to do that, to be perfectly honest. No. Well, again, it goes to the the log jam of the outfield. You have of your outfielders, and we'll throw in Garrett Hampson in this as well. How many of them are DHs? Well, three, four. Yeah. (laughs) And and one person I didn't mention a minute ago, Connor Joe, obviously. I think he's been a very bright spot for this team. Uh, But I don't feel like. Defensively, he's been their second best outfielder. (laughs) So can you give. And he's a DH. So would you want to give Joe nights off? I don't think so. No. You know, I don't feel like right now you could sit Crone or Joe. No, I think everybody else at the moment, sure, possibility. Yeah, but anyway, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting time with the Rockies. Um, you know, and one thing 
just flashing back real quick to the city connects. I was surprised that so many people embraced them. I, I, I thought, I think they're great uniforms. I really like them, but I was surprised to know how many people were walking around Coors Field this weekend already repping the gear and embracing the green. I was really surprised by that. Yeah. When you told me about it and when I, when I saw it, I was like, okay. I, and you had the, you had the same thought process as me is, okay. It might be a little bit too much green. Yeah. And really the thing that people like the least is the hat. They like, they love the Jersey. Yep. The pants it's hit or miss on, but I would say it's probably been 60% positive on the pants, probably 40% positive on the hat. And I would say what, probably 90% positive on the, on the uh, Jersey when you say, I would say that, you know, and and I did an interesting experiment Friday night. I had a group of people at the game. The, The, there was 15 of them in the suite. And I would say 11 of them had not seen a Rockies game all year. Maybe weren't even familiar with the Rockies, all from out of town, all coming in. Some of them their first time ever at Coors Field. And and I showed them the pictures because that night, obviously, was Friday night. So they were watching the Rockies in, uh, I think, Chad Cool's pitching that night. So the purple. Yeah. So I showed them. just purple. Yeah. So I showed them the green jerseys on my phone. I said, what do you think of these versus what you see out on the field? Overwhelming. Loved the green more than the purple overwhelming so kudos to the rockies for coming up with that and kudos for them hitting a home run with that at least now and this is this is completely my opinion this no uh, this does not represent the opinion of kevin or any other baseball fans (laughs) um how about we get rid of the road gray uniforms every single team they look atrocious every single team their road grays are just awful there's not an exception road gray looks awful it's the worst color yeah like okay for the rockies you could have the city connects and the regular home whites which even that and the whites are kind of boring but uh, the hell of a lot better than gray um you wear those at home uh, the the white or the city connect and wear purple on the road or purple at home or Bring back the vests. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think shelving the gray uniforms versus the vests, maybe that's the way you do it. And w- literally every single team. I I don't care the Yankees. Oh, oh uh, pinstripes. It's, it's, uh, I don't care. It looks like crap. Yeah. <laughs> the gray looks like crap. Well, and I think <laughs> about the Yankees road, those road grays with just the New York across the front. Terrible. Yeah. They don't do anything. Terrible. Yeah. Don't. so and uh, that's another thing too oh these classic uniforms oh the the classic english d for the tigers it looks like crap <laughs> it looks like crap <laughs> well oh my goodness we have a lot and to now get. that i pissed off all of new york and all say, we just lost half our audience but, that's but i'm a bad person so. well it's a good time then for us to take a break uh on the other half of this side we're going to talk about the road trip ahead. We're also going to highlight an article that one of our writers put up earlier today, doing this recording on Monday, about Herman Marquez and the tipping of pitches. So we're going to talk about that right after this break here on the Rocks File, Rockies Report.
And we are back. Kevin Henry alongside Noah Yingling. We are your co-experts for rockspile.com. Thank you for joining us. You know, I love whenever our, our, we have a great group of people who write for us and we appreciate every one of them and everything that they do. And we encourage you to click on our site, fresh content every day. This morning, uh, our friend Kevin Larson wrote a great article. I really loved reading it about Herman Marquez and some of the things that he picked up from watching Marquez on TV and especially against the Marlins. And, and I thought it was a really fascinating read about is Marquez tipping pitches and is that all that it is to maybe correct what's going on with Herman Marquez? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely part of it. I honestly, at this point, I think part of it is psychological at this point. I mean, it really would be for anybody. I mean, when you've yeah. had how many starts has he had now? He's had 10 and he's got an ERA of seven. And again, we've talked about it especially recently on podcasts, FIP or FIP, it suggests he's had some bad luck. Again, goes to the defense, but you can't have a 510 FIP. You can't. No, I agree. I mean, even at Coors Field, you cannot have that. That's it's inexcusable again. Um, So part of it is the pitch location. And I, I think part of it is that of, tipping the pitches and we and Kevin mentioned it in the article of with the Yankees oh it's actually the two teams the two teams fan bases I just pissed off of the Tigers and Yankees of okay this pitcher is a rookie pitcher and yeah he's tipping his pitches and the Yankees were able to expound upon that and that's I've got to believe especially with the evidence that Kevin um showed in the article, which I won't go into all of it because yeah. you should read it for yourself. Um, look at the reactions of the Marlins players. Yeah. That says a lot. It, it does. And, and whenever Kevin shows Kevin, you know, was in our DMS and showing us some of that before he ever wrote the article. And that was really enlightening to me because that lets you know, something's going on. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I, I think I want to go back to what you said a minute ago. I absolutely, in my heart, talking to Herman, listening to Herman, everything else, I know he's working to get this fixed. Yeah. I have no doubt. And he knows it needs to be fixed. But at the same time, I think what you touched on a minute ago is that he's got to get past that point where if something goes wrong, it doesn't all fall apart. Yeah. In the words of our our friend Thomas Harding. Exactly. You know, it's the fact that he, you know, if you, you know, you hit a bad shot in golf, and you go in the bunker, what are you going to do to get out of that bunker and save the hole? And that's what Marquez has to do right now. And Kevin didn't talk about this one, but I kind of wonder if it's a similar concept with Austin Comber. Yeah. I mean, he's got an ERA of six and a half. Again, he's had some bad luck, but I mean, he's given up a boatload of hits. Yeah. Not as much as Senzatella, who's really given up a lot of hits. Senzatella's giving up 15.7 hits per nine innings. Yeah. Yeah. You, they are you, not. You just or... cannot con- uh, succeed like that. I mean, really, it, look at Chad Cool. Chad Cool is half of that hit rate. Half. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you can shrug and say Coors Field. You can say whatever you want. I'm telling you, the other night, whenever the uh, it was the Braves, I think it was the Sensatella faced. Uh, the teams were running together, but uh, and I think he gave up 11 hits in that game, and you were just sitting there going, "It's not like they were all Texas leaguers and bloopers." He was 13 hit. hits, by the way. Okay, he was getting hit, and so what is this team going to do? You've got to fix Marquez. You've got to get Sensatella back on track. You've got to get. I'm going to just say consistent performances from Kyle Freeland, who has done very well recently, but still you've got to have that consistency come back. Cause I still think he could be the leader of that rotation. Like he was in the second half of last year, but Gomber and pitching in San Francisco, by the way, later this week where he has been shelled in the past, he's going to have to find the, uh, find the answer to that hex as well. In fact, to go on what we were talking about, earlier with being a playoff team. I, I think they're done at this point, but let, let's let's try to put them in the back of the playoff picture. All right. Diaz has to hit. He's yep. not hitting. Yep. Corona has to continue what he's doing. Rogers has to continue what he's doing. Iglesias has to continue what he's doing. Um, McMahon has to get better defensively. And I would say even get better a little bit offensively. Sam Hilliard has to hit. Daza has to show that he can maintain this, which is not in the past. Yep. Gritchick has to hit, which he's not. Um, Charlie has to hit for a better average and better on base. The power has actually been semi-decent. Um, Connor Joe has to hit for more power. Chris Bryant has to be healthy. That's a big one. Yep, we haven't even talked about that yet. Um, and that's part of the thing with the outfield being awful this year. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. Of Bryant's been injured, defense from nearly everybody's been awful. They aren't hitting well. Yeah, it's it is a bottom three or five outfield in the sport right now. Yeah, Freeland has to pitch more consistently. Marquez has to get some kind of footing underneath of him. Uh, Gomber, same thing. Senzatella has to cut his hit rate down by half. Yep. Feltner has to continue what he did in his first three starts and not his fourth. Um, Chassin has to pitch better. Estevez has to pitch better. Block has to pitch better. Stevenson has to pitch better. Lawrence has to pitch better. Gilbreth has to pitch better. Um, they still need another lefty in the bullpen. They probably still need an outfielder and they probably still need an infielder. And arguably they need one or two starting pitchers. Yeah. Can they do all that? No, that's why no. they're in a playoff contender. Simple as that. They cannot do all of that. It's physically impossible to do all of it. I I'm not arguing. And, and I think very few would, you know, there, you, you talked about the bullpen and uh, our friend, Justin wick uh, over at purple row, put out a real interesting tweet earlier. Uh, and, you know, you did an article on Tyler Kinley and his right. evolution. So Tyler Kinley, as we record this on Monday, has a 0.2 ERA and 0.8 F4, okay? Yep. As a whole, including Kinley, Colorado's bullpen is 30th in the league, 5.18 ERA, and has a 0.9 F4, 19th in the league. 
So everybody else combined outside of Kinley has a 0.1 F4 right now, including and Daniel Bard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Including Bard, who's yeah. fixed really well. Yeah. So, you know, and, and at that, uh, you take out Kinley, the bullpen has a 5.73 ERA, which again, dead last in MLB. And, you know, with the rounding and everything, it would actually be 0.2 F4 just because of the weird rounding in there. But that's 26 in all of MLB. Yeah. So, now, just imagine if you take Bart out of that too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which I'd be real curious if you actually did that. Yeah, because I mean, I, I don't have the exact team number up right now, but Colome has a sub three ERA. But Shasin is seven and a quarter. Stevis is six. Block is six. Goudeau is seven. Stevenson is five and a quarter. Lawrence is five and a half. Gilbreth is six and three quarters. Chad Smith is 27. Only two innings. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, and Gilbreth has actually been pitching fairly decently lately. Yeah. Which, which that tells I, you how bad he started the season with when, again, COVID, everything else. I get that. But still. And again, it's the same thing as it was last year for him. When he made his major league debut, the first five, six appearances were just atrocious. Yeah. And then after that, he was great. Yeah. Since yeah. May 14th for him, he's made 11 appearances. He's allowed one earned run. 0.96 ERA. Not bad there. Yeah. He just had a 2025 ERA <laughs> in his first five appearances. <laughs> There's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's something that you know, and again, Bud knows this. Yeah, this this is nothing that is shocking the Rockies right now. But or, and if it is, it shouldn't be. No, but I I think that it's something that is of definite concern. And I think, and you and I talked a little bit about this before the podcast started about Ryan Feltner, and Feltner being sent back down to AAA after yesterday's game. I don't expect him to be there long. Yeah. I know that there are rules in place where he can't be brought back in a certain amount of time, but it would not surprise me at all if Feltner is brought back because I don't know how sustainable what is going on in the rotation, especially if you can't fix, for lack of a better term, Marquez and Senzatella. I think something's got to happen there where they, they don't just keep running them out there to try to see if it's better now. And they do have a doubleheader this weekend. They do. So, so he, he, for all we know, he could be the 27th man. And, and I think that's very likely. I think that'll be very possible that he'll be brought in to pitch one of those doubleheaders. So for brought in is a 27th man and then possibly send somebody else down after the doubleheader. That's possible. You know, and, or and, some kind of injury or, quote injury end quote um pops up yep so something that i think is really interesting is they have an open spot right now you know as of right now we're recording this by sending down feltner you have an open spot on your active roster what does that happen what happens there is that Um, is justin lawrence coming back up are they bringing are they rein are they fixing the bullpen? Are they going to bring up somebody for the bench? Uh, you know, 
Uh, Kevin, I'm I'm actually getting word right now they have traded for Mike Trout. So oh, that's good to hear. Well, yeah. Mike Trout hated the Angels City Connect jerseys, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, so yeah, he, he hated them so much he demanded a trade, and the Rockies have acquired him for a bucket of baseballs. <laughs> and he, he said he is saying. In fact, he's doing a press conference right now. He's saying he wanted to go to the Rockies because he likes their City Connect uniforms. So it's amazing. I'm telling you, City Connect is making an impact, folks, all over. Good to hear. Uh, no, I, I will be curious what they do with that extra spot and and how they fill that because you're going to a pair of parks that offense is at a premium. Will they try to put a little bit of a jump in the offense? Or will they re, uh, shall we say, reinforce the bullpen a little bit? Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, too, uh, two players that we should mention as well. Um, we were talking about, uh, well, specifically, you mentioned earlier how there's not a lot of depth in the minor leagues, yep. in the higher minor leagues. And that has been whittled down even further. Ryan Rollison will be out for the entire season, as will be third baseman slash first baseman Colton Welker. Yep. Yeah, those are big, um, you know, and, and I, I hate to say this, uh, but I think the, the uh, Rollison injury is the bigger of the two. Uh, I think that they need more depth at starting pitching right now than they do uh, the corner infield. But uh, And the thing is, though, I'm not surprised on either one of them, especially no. Rollison. I'm really not surprised. Wish I was. Yeah. Well, and, and so Rawlison being out, I think that that's an interesting time for us to look at just real quick what the starting pitching depth is because Bud Black went over this the other day with us uh, in the dugout, you know, and Lambert is being stretched out still after Tommy John. So you've got Feltner now because he's technically not on the team. So Feltner is number one on your list. You've got Lambert. Uh, he reminded us about Jose Arena, who, by the way, is going to be going to AAA uh, if he's not already there, because I know they're off on Mondays. So he will likely join the team on Tuesday and pitch, uh, making his first Rockies farm appearance. You know, he got Brandon Gold, uh, you know, and then he started to go down to the AA side of things. So there's some there, but. You know, Lambert still needs time to work back into going a little bit longer. Urena still needs time to show the Rockies exactly what he could do. So outside of Fellner, then it drops down pretty quickly to a Brandon Gold, who's more of a journeyman kind of pitcher. Um, for Urania, by the way, he made his Albuquerque debut yesterday, Sunday. Oh, there you go. Um, four innings, three hits, one run, not earned, two walks, four strikeouts. Nice. But still, he... He only pitched four innings. So, yeah. And Peter Lambert, he last pitched June one, and he only had two and two thirds innings, seven hits, five runs. Well, that's a good sign for Urania, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. That, that is good. But yeah, Lambert has not pitched more than three innings in a start. So I think he still has a little bit to get stretched out. Yeah. And, and I don't think you can bring him up right now unless you are planning on an active bullpen game. I, yeah. I don't think you can. Or you plan on putting him in the bullpen. Yeah, which is possible too. I, 
I wish there was better news. I wish there was more rah-rah that we could do here, but we, we've we never been rah-rah. We've always been realistic over Roxpile. You know, no purple uh, tinted sunglasses over here. Yeah, and like we said, we, we were a little bit higher on the team to start the year. We thought, okay, maybe they'll start to get some good stuff going their way after, okay, they realized, hey, we, we do need some help here. Yep. They need more help, though. They do. They do indeed. And we will see what happens uh, as the schedule gets tougher. California road trip this week. Uh, every Monday in June, the Rockies are off, which is a good thing. So, you know, they're going to follow along with the minor league schedule, it seems like, at least at the higher levels, and do every Monday off. Yep. And then in things will change in July, and then they have a really weird series right after the All-Star break where they will be in Milwaukee. And it is a four-game wraparound series that ends Monday night. Yes. So they're going to have a Sunday day game, and then they're going to have a Monday night game, because why not? Yeah, that's a very odd one. I thought I saw that, too. I was like, oh, it's interesting. But in you, you know, Kevin, that's baseball. It is. And you will be in Milwaukee, if I remember correctly. Correct. So that's always And I will be in Minnesota here in about two weeks. Driving up there, hopefully gas isn't ten dollars a gallon. Here's as it turns out, <laughs> thirty five here in Ohio. That would be good for all of us, you know, absolutely. Yeah. That w- if it was ten dollars a gallon in the next two weeks, um, as I started the podcast, um, that would be suboptimal and ill advised. Yes, for driving. Bang right there. <laughs> uh, like well, someone said, I forget who it was, but someone said on Twitter, "You need to make a T-shirt." Suboptimal and ill-advised. <laughs> I, I agree with that completely. Because honestly, that's what that's been the majority of this year. That fits both of those. And 2021. Yep. And 2020. Yep. And 2019. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, no matter suboptimal, no matter ill-advised, we appreciate you all listening to this episode of the Rocks Power Rockies Report. Uh, we are fresh content every day on the site. Uh, we are actually in person with the team, uh, keeping up with things, going in the clubhouse, asking them things that we think you want to hear, and then p- turning that into content. So, Noah, here's to a week ahead. Uh, watch them uh, late out in California. Yep, and make sure as well to check out uh, Call to the Pen, our sister site covering MLB stuff, as well as fansided.com slash MLB, also covering MLB stuff. And fansided.com in general is where you can check out all sports stuff. Uh, And then obviously we've got, I think it's over 300 individual different team sites as well. So if you've got a another allegiance to another team, the Broncos who are being sold. um, Yes. Make sure you check out their sites. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to know more about what's going on with the Padres, the Giants, any of the other teams going on. Absolutely. We have you covered on the fan-sided group of, of websites. But for my friend and colleague, Noah Yingling, this is Kevin Henry wishing you a great day ahead. And as always, no matter how far they fall below that 500 mark, go Rockies.